welcome back to our SCAA short talks that we did. This time we're joined by one of the coffee glitterati, uh, Mr. Kyle Granville. Um, I can't help but feel a little bit scared talking to Kyle, so I was very pleased that Colin offered to do this one. Not because he's a scary man, just because he's so super well known. You know, GMB Coffee and Go Get Em Tiger pretty much been held up as one of the standard bearers for amazing coffee in the US uh, and the two destination cafes that I've just got to get to see. Listening to this talk makes me want to go even more. I know you're going to absolutely love it, so please, I hand you over to Colin and Mr. Kyle Glanville. Okay, so next up I have with me um, a gentleman famous and known to most of you, if not all of you, um, Mr. Hey, Kyle Glanville. Thank you for joining us. Hey, my pleasure. How's tricks? Uh, tricks are turning. No! <laughs> Do you know the phrase turning tricks? No. Turning tricks means prostituted. I see. Yeah, yeah. If, like, if, uh, you know, if a uh, friend that you grew up with becomes a prostitute, you'll say sort of in a very somber uh, tone, like, oh, she's turning tricks now. Wow. Yeah, so that means, like, the house tricks thing. It, it may not... They may not be able to, to cross yeah. the Atlantic. See, this is why culture should never meet. Yeah, yeah, we should really keep just, everybody separate. Yeah, just stay where we are. Yeah. Still. Yeah. So um, we got yeah a lot we want to talk into. So um, the coffee bars. Uh, so you got GMB Coffee, and you also have Go Get a Tiger. Yeah, it's just uh, one of each locations. Is that right? One of each, but we're opening another Go Get a Tiger. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. So how's that going for you? Because obviously most people know you from um, Telegenzi. You were there for what, six years, seven years. Uh, just about six years, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, 2006. No, seven years, 2005 to 2012. Yeah, and from what I remember at the time, you had a young family, and then you were like, hey, you know, open a business. Yeah. What I, possessed you? Well, um, there are a few things. I mean, you know, I, I don't think it's any secret that there was a lot of sort of upheaval and intelligence. Yeah. And there was a new CEO that I didn't really get along with, and I think he thought that you didn't really feel positively about my contributions and I've always been a person who's motivated by doing good work the, uh, the opportunity to do good work and stuff that keeps me unhappy and so I had known that at some point there would be an entrepreneurial event and um, I felt like well, I don't really get along with this guy. Uh, I come home feeling sad, and it's not cool for my kids. Yeah. And you get asked a lot, a lot of uh, like, you struck me as somebody who was. Uh, like people talk about entrepreneurship, but you also have entrepreneurship, where you were, you were entrepreneurial within the scope of somebody else's business. Yeah. You've always been that, that way with intelligence. Yeah. Well, I really liked that, you know. Yeah. And when I started with Intelli, I was given way too much freedom. <laughs> uh, I would never, as a business owner, give somebody as much freedom as I got. Yeah. And luckily, it worked out. Like, you know, we built three stores that generated a lot of revenue and a lot of goodwill. And I think maybe at some point that Silver Lake shop was kind of like the sort of quintessential specialty coffee bar. It's iconic. Yeah. And I think it's still like. I love that people can go there and just take a picture of the floor. And you know where they are. Everybody knows. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that was, once, it's kind of like, you know, drugs. It's like, well, I, I did that and it was awesome. I want to do more of that, you know. Uh, I want to recapture what it feels like to do something that's groundbreaking and interesting. 
when that well kind of felt like it had run dry, it was like, it's time to go. And uh, also, I, my daughter was on the way, and I didn't want her to, I wanted her to enter a world where, like, the vibe in the household was excitement. Yeah. And not, you know. It's a, it's a big motivator. Yeah. A lot of us have watched our parents, you know, trudge off to work and trudge back, sort of, you know, somberly and never pursue what they really wanted. And I didn't want my kids to have that vision of me. Yeah. Um, so. So when you, when yourself and, and Charles Babinski uh, took that leap, was it, uh, did it feel just like a natural progression or was it a lot of fear or like, did you no. take time to get used to it? <laughs> okay, so I remember, so I, I had had the idea to start uh, just a retail only uh, coffee company and I remember Charles and I were both at the Intelligentsia Roasting Works and I was like, hey, do you want to take a walk? And... <laughs> I, I was like, hey, what would you think about, you know, doing a business together? And he's like, oh, yeah, that would be cool. Um, I'll put in my notice uh, this week. <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I was like, well, you know, like, it's going to take a little time. He's like, oh, it's cool. I'll just travel or something. And I was like... Yeah, because I met you at Stephen's wedding. Mm-hmm. You guys are just about to take the lead. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's been, well, from the outset, it's, it's hard to tell from the internet because the internet lies, but... It seems like it was like this huge success from the start, and that everybody just really immediately bought into it. I mean, yeah, you know, I think that we get a lot of love, and I'm really grateful for that. We have a core group of customers that are just so terrific, and obviously people in coffee were ready to, to love what we were doing, and I think that that uh, all of those sort of components combined did a good job of masking the fact that the first year, first year and a half was actually just hell. Uh, and, you know, it's I, the thing I tell people, it's like, I would never do it again. Knowing what I know now, yeah. I would never do it again. And I'm glad I didn't know yeah. what I know now. Because now we're in the, now we're, you know, we're kind of hitting our stride. And it feels great to be a, a company owner. I, I, you know, I'm at this event, I'm, I'm not selling anything, and I'm not buying anything, and I'm giving zero fucks for the first time ever at an SCAA show, and it feels great. I'm just, like, so relaxed. I get out of bed when I feel like it, you know? It's not freedom, but you can't really explain it. Yeah, and I'm not like concerned about disrupting the messaging or the brand of what we're doing because the messaging and the brand is Charles and Yeah. And take it or leave it. Yeah. So if we focus just on, on uh, G&B coffee, there's a lot of um, innovation there in terms of how you set things up. Now, I've never, I've never visited and myself and Steve were talking at the week about wanting to visit. Uh, but so from what I understand, it's, it's a long bar. There's no like set queuing up points. And then no. you do things like you, you pre-wind your coffee. Yeah. You do coffee milkshakes. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of things that you're doing that are, let's say, that are not necessarily the, the specialty coffee way. You yeah. Know? And have you found much resistance to that? And also, when does that innovation become just fucking about for want of a better place? Well, I mean, I think that something about... I think we're actually very conservative. Um, and that may sound weird to people, but we're, we kind of arranged 
this sort of what our we tried to arrange and articulate what our ideals were and what we valued in the coffee bar experience and what we wanted to give people and then we identified those values and we made every choice in service to that and tried to erase our like judgmental sort of third wave brain because you feel the guilt sometimes when you do something that is not the, the yeah. industry way you're like yeah I, I mean a little bit not to do this? yeah I mean at this point I feel like something that Charles and I have is like this like we are granted credibility so long as we don't uh, fuck it up yeah um, and so people believe in us from the start rather than the other way yeah um Innocent until proven guilty. That's a good way of looking at it. And so, so I mean, we, you know, we never. Nothing that we do is like we're we're like looking at the global coffee thing and trying to figure out how to be disruptive. Yeah. We, I do not care. Yeah. What your coffee company does, unless I am inside of your shop. Yeah. Drinking the coffee. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> You, you don't, I don't. I'm not like trying to be an icon or a representative yeah. of anything. But that's how you become one, though. That's that, that's the wonderful thing is that you realize that, that you don't owe me a duty of care. Yeah. Like just because we, we inhabit the same industry, you yeah. don't owe me a duty of care. Yeah. So I don't. No, really I, have, but like here's the thing. Like if I go to your shop, then yeah. it changes. Yeah, right. I want you to be good, and I want to like I want you to be happy, and I want you to do it your yeah. own way, and I want to. Make sure that when I go into shops, that the coffee tastes good. Yeah. Uh, which is why I've been terrorizing the poor people at the brew bar here. <laughs> uh, I think I made somebody cry yesterday <laughs> because I was just like, "Give me a fucking good coffee, somebody!" <laughs> For the love of God, do I have to go back up to Starbucks and have a single orange espresso? Yeah, I saw you tweeting about that. Actually, you enjoyed the trip there. It was. I mean, I think. Expectation is everything. Context is everything, right? Yeah. And so when you're expecting the worst and you're given something slightly better, it might as well be the best. Yeah. But when you walk in, like the feel of the place, it's incredible. I, I had this, this voice in my head shouting, like, who told them? You know, how, how do they know this stuff? Like, it's it's uh, incredible. And my, mean, my drinking experience wasn't as good as yours, unfortunately. But it's, well, I had, yeah, I had a single orange espresso. And it wasn't great, but it was totally like, it, first of all, it was a two ounce double. It wasn't fully extracted, though, was it? No, no, they left the cellulose. Okay, there you go. David Walsh. Thanks, Dave. Um, but no, I mean, it was a two ounce double. It was a real espresso, which is, you know, this is a ristretto town. Yeah. This is like a 20 gram double town. It's short and sticky, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is gross. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that might be the best espresso you can get in the city outside of the conventionals. Oh, it's quite a call. I mean, I'm not trying. Again, I think that that might actually be true. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to like <laughs> shit on people. No, he's trying to shit on people. He's oh. winking at me right now. Yeah. Wait uh, <laughs> for this one. So finally, I can't leave you without talking about like um, when I started in coffee. Uh, I had no experience, and I got a job as a barista. I lied. I said I did, and I didn't. Uh-huh. And I turned up for work and set about almost breaking the machine for a week and really frustrating Carl, who was my employer. And Carl, at the end of the week, told me he said, "Okay, go home." Punch Kyle Glanville into Google, okay? And watch a fucking video and come back on Monday. Really? Because what I was doing was banging everything and just being like, ah, ah, 
right, no, no. Right. And I, I remember watching the video. I think it was your performance in Copenhagen. Um, and I watched you, and you were really delicate with everything. You just like it seemed to soften, almost like a, like a dancer. It's yeah. very everything was very soft and thoughtful, and you were very focused on the customer, and everything was very low impact. Yeah. And I just was sat there going, oh, okay. And then I got it. Yeah. I came back on Monday, and I was like, okay. I get what you need. Yeah. I don't need to break the grinder to my coffee. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> uh, black, 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 black. Exactly. And then carrying on from that, like another one of my favorite uh, competitors is Charles Wiginski. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about his progression to coffee, uh, coffee competitions and obviously him making semifinals today. Well, I mean, you know, it's interesting. The year that I won the USBC was the first year that Charles competed. And the way that I met Charles is I flew, because it was in Minneapolis, which is close to Chicago. So I actually flew into Chicago the week before the competition. Charles asked if Doug and I would sit in on his routine. And I had never met him before. I was like... Uh, was he with Intelligentsia then? Yeah. yeah okay. And so we did. And he was like... So nervous. Like trembling. <laughs> and stepping over, you know, like tripping over his words. And, uh, you know, just couldn't couldn't, like, it was just first-timer times a thousand. Yeah. Like, well, sitting there for the Union Dope was pretty um, intimidating. Sure, I guess so. Um, and so, I always remember that. Because I thought it was actually really gutsy considering how bad he was yeah. for him to ask us to, to, to be there. Yeah. And he was, you know, I think he definitely in the bottom rung. Yeah. Uh, he maybe went way over time. Uh, and you know, that year was from Intelligentsia. It was like Michael Phillips, myself, Charles, Amber Sather, uh, and Matt was done. He had, he won in 2006. That was that was that was it for him. But uh, it's amazing, you know. Charles, obviously, the competition now in 2015 is way harder. If I did my routine now, I would not. Anywhere. No, I don't, I don't agree. I think you would. No, the, the routine that I did. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> but equally, like, it's it's easier. You raise a level and you're inspired by the people around you. So, like, are, yeah. are you tempted to, to be tempted to ever come back and do it? Or? Why? For shits and giggles. Never. Never? There is no shits and giggles in competition. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what, you know. <clears throat> What would I have to gain? Uh, what? What? I don't know what the point would be. And you know, there's like when Michael Jordan came back the third time, and I'm not comparing myself to Michael Jordan, but sure. yeah, maybe. I'm sure there's a soccer equivalent. But when Michael Jordan came back the third time, and he just wasn't good. Robbie Fowler. Yeah. Robbie Fowler. It's like, dude, you quit at the top. That was great. Yeah. You shouldn't have come back. Yeah. Like, I have people who saw me compete, remember that fondly, and I'm not going to fuck that up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Charles is obviously, takes his own, like, sometimes I've been watching Charles for years and thinking, dude, why don't you just change it a little bit? Like, just a little bit, just compromise a little bit, and then you'll, you'll win, and you'll get through. And he, he never did. You know? like, yeah. He always sticks to his guns. And, uh, how do you think he's balanced at this year? Do you think he's uh, he's complied enough with what they want, or is he still doing the trust? I mean, at some point, it's like this coffee is spectacular. The thesis that you're presenting is dead on. Everything you say is represented in the coffee. 
you just have to reward that. You, yeah. As a judge, it's your responsibility responsibility to find those points. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And there is nobody in the world of coffee who will feel sad if Charles wins. <laughs> um, he represents like the best of it. He is a real like diplomat, unlike me. Um, he doesn't make people cry at the brew bar. He doesn't make people cry at the brew bar. He's a genuinely nice guy. He has an incredible coffee mind. You know, the coffee that we brew at our shops in LA is some of the best in the world. Legitimately. It's not just competition, it's real. And yeah, I mean he's just he's the whole package. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that he needs to compromise. Yeah. You know? All he wants is like great coffees and a great idea. He was super bummed that he couldn't pre-grind like he used to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know where I don't know where you punish Charles on a score sheet anymore. That makes it all sense. And I, you know, did you watch on Thursday? No, it was in the air. Okay. Uh, I mean, th- like that was the final three minutes of his presentation. It's just like it's stirring. It's emotional, and he's right, and it's like so good. What time is he on? He's one fifty-six. It's UK time there, so he's on. Uh, so about 30 minutes. Okay. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for talking to us. My pleasure. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, definitely get you one again soon. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever you need.